everyone, and welcome to the Cocky Top Podcast, home of the SEC football show where forever to the Gamecock Brian Lowe and all the all Tyler McDaniel put their friendship to the test during a grueling football season, all while highlighting and fighting for their volunteers and Gamecocks respectively throughout their season as well as our thoughts on other teams in the conference as well as the league. So regardless if you're a volunteer or a Gamecock or somewhere in between, let's kick this thing off and talk some ball. What's up all you cock and balls and welcome to the first episode of the Cocky Top Podcast for the 2024 calendar year. I am your host forever to the Gamecock, Brian Lowe, and joining me as always is all Tyler McDaniel, T-Mac. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good, pretty good. A little cold outside. But I, unlike you, I do prefer colder temperatures. Yeah, give me the warm weather. <laughs> like I said, I can, in, in on the Between Two Barrels episode, uh, which if you haven't listened to that one, make sure you check it out, where uh, we tackle not only the most prominent of New Year's traditions, and that being the New Year's resolution, but we dive into over 35 different odd, unique, strange, and some that I'd even like to, to pick up as potential New Year's traditions. If you're wanting to check that out, make sure that you go over and listen to that on the Between Two Barrels podcast. But right now, you're on the Cocky Top podcast, and we are going to be talking some football, most notably wrapping up what would be bowl season and talking about a little bit of the uh, quarterfinal games or semifinal games, as it were, Uh, and then just kind of really get into our thoughts for what would be the remainder of the show today, Uh, really all about how we feel about the the state of college football right now. Um, So many different things happening. Um, I know that there hasn't been a whole lot of activity in terms of the transfer portal for – uh, Tennessee, but South Carolina has endured some some real crap uh, as of late whenever it comes to the transfer portal, and that's all stuff that we're going to get into. But like I said, right now we are going to go back and hit a quick review on several of the bowl games that did happen since the last time we recorded, um, and we actually recorded on Thursday last week, so there were several Friday several, games that yeah. wound up happening. Uh, as well as some Saturday uh, games and, of course, getting into the rest of the weekend. But to go over those real quick, one of the first ones would have been Arizona-Oklahoma, number 14 Arizona taking on number 12 Oklahoma in the Valero-Alamo Bowl. Final score on that one, Arizona 38, Oklahoma 24. Would OU seen that coming. winds up losing yeah. their uh, last bowl game as a member of the uh, Big 12 before going ahead and joining the SEC this next year. In the Pop-Tarts Bowl, which was one of the most fun mascots out of all of them, uh, and the trophy was fantastic as well, Uh, I will say that the the Cheez-It from the Citrus Bowl, the Cheez-It mascot uh, did a couple of cool things too, uh, especially whenever they were doing the interview post-game uh, Hypel's up there talking, and you see the Cheez-It mascot just slowly start to reach the box of Cheez-Its through in between him and Iam, yeah. I am, I'm Aliva, Iam Malava. Iam, uh, 
Imaliava. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Some Nico. Nico. Just call him Nico. Nico. Uh, but they're the snowman number eight. Himself. Right. They're trying to put the other uh, mascots trying to ease the box of cheese it's in, and he Product turns placement. the label <laughs> forward. And then the interviewer, uh, the lady that's actually holding the microphone doing the stuff, just reaches over and snags the box, and you see the cheese it mascot just go bing with the thumbs up at that point in time and just casually slides out of frame of the It's funny stuff. The camera. I, mean, I think that it's insane that we've gotten to this point that we have like naming rights for bowls now. Yeah. And and what we used to do like it's just the orange bowl when we were younger. Now it's the so and so young bowl. But we knew that like with NIL and with the modernization with social media that naming rights to things would start like it looks like early a NASCAR on, car. Early on, we we in the this show, uh, we talked about the new naming rights for Thompson Bowling, and I'm not calling it that. Right. It's still I don't. Tom, it's still Thompson. It's Bowling. Thompson Bowling. It's TV. You know, yeah. I'm not calling it the Food City Center at at Thompson. Thompson whatever. Bowling. I'm yeah. not calling it that. And as silly as it is, and I think we have too many bowl games, the Pop Tart and the Cheese It made it worth it for me. Oh yeah, the, the mascots, mascots for several of these were and just and very, very entertaining. And that's an easy way to, to, to win me over, entertainment. Right. Um, that particular game saw number 25, Kansas State, taking on number 18, NC State. Final score in that one, Kansas 28, NC State 19. Yeah, the Wolf Pack fail. Unfortunately. Next up, in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, another one of the most oddly named bowls. Wasabi. Boston College, who actually wound up getting uh, at least one defection from South Carolina that was not even on South Carolina's roster to begin with. It was actually a player off of the uh, Vanderbilt roster was going to be transferring to South Carolina and then amidst that decides, you know what, I'm going to go to Boston College because that's that's a, a, a good path to take, I guess. Yeah. We're going to go from SEC cellar dweller to not so quite, like maybe at the top of the stairs going into the cellar, South Carolina, to Boston College who, I, I mean, I know that they exist. I know that they're a school. I know they have a football program. Beyond that, I couldn't tell you anything about it. So... Um, continuing on, the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. If we get any more words to name a bowl, it you're gonna the uh, it's oh, like the the one. And if we're gonna keep doing it, we might as well get involved. Right. The what was the um, fresh avocado? Oh no no no! I was just making another NASCAR reference. Oh. Um, it's the, like the, the Fig Newton. <laughs> the Fig Newton. Uh, Champion Auto Parts. Champion Part, Auto Bowl. Uh, um, whatever. The, the fig, the it, may, it almost reminds me of the one uh, song that the lady had a baby and said, what's the kid's name? Well, I named it after my favorite race car drivers. What is it? <laughs> the kid's name is Dale, Dale, Walter, Richard, Petty, Rusty, Austin, Bill, Irving, Gordon, Earnhardt, Smith, Johnson, Jr. That's where we're getting with bowls. So you're going to wind up having the... Like I said, whatever, you know, just start randomly listing off a bunch of things. Da 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 Tiger or Gator Bowl. So final game for what would have been Thursday, um, as we were recording, would have been the SMU Boston or uh sorry, uh Miami Rutgers 
Um, in the Boston College SMU, uh, Boston College actually did win 23-14. University of Miami lost to Rutgers. Uh, final score, 31-24 in that bad boy mowers mm-hmm. pinstripe bowl. Um, one of the better games in terms of like the SEC, I don't want to say dominance, even though they did do well during bowl season, seeing an SEC team just completely mop the floor with a Big Ten team, and that would be Missouri over Ohio State. Um, but the negative effect with that is that it just inflates uh, Drink. uh, Drinkwitz's ego that much more. Mm-hmm. We'll see how much of all that talent that he had this year gets carried over till next year and then see how things go in or this year what would be 2024 um next up notre dame versus oregon state number 16 notre dame taking on number 19 oregon state final score in that one 40 to 8 mizzou beat ohio state 14 13 um the cat fight between clemson and kentucky um, just a heartbreaking finish for that game, uh, especially whenever Kentucky had Clemson on the ropes at one point in time. Clemson able to pull out some of that, what I'm going to now start referring to as orange magic because the Volunteers have had their fair share of it. Same thing as the Gators. I know you call it just a Gator thing that mm-hmm. happens, but since the common denominator of all three of those teams is some shade of orange, I'm just going to start calling it orange magic. And you know how I feel about the color orange. But final score in that one, Clemson, the Taters 38, Kentucky 35, with one of the few losses that the SEC did suffer this year. Unfortunately, this one's at the hands of an ACC team, Mm -hmm. whereas at least Alabama got beat by a Big Ten team. It's not as bad. I believe we did get this one right as far as Memphis Tigers taking out Iowa State. uh, Final... Score in that one, 36-26. The one, I guess, that you could say from Saturday that was, like, probably the biggest controversy would be the Georgia-Florida State game in the fact that the one loss to Alabama dropped Georgia from first to sixth to begin with. And then Alabama loses. And then, yeah, Alabama winds up losing in their game. The backlash that the people from Florida wound up putting out and this is so weird to me Alabama loses and Texas loses the going ahead and we're giving away yeah <laughs> what's coming up but then Florida State winds up saying we should have been we should have been we should have been we should have been yet you just wound up getting your ass literally Stomped. handed to you 63 to 3 and they could have gone by the further team than who that should have been but yeah, by the team who should have been yeah, in the top four. Like I said, honestly, if you were going to do it that way, it should have been Michigan, Texas, Alabama, Georgia. Yeah. As your top four, you would have had three one-loss teams and one undefeated team. So that way you would have had undefeated Washington and undefeated Florida State as being, quote-unquote, both snubbed as mm-hmm. opposed to it being just a Florida State snub. Mm-hmm. And I think you would have wound up with a better product on the field at that point in time. Because if you would have gone with those numbers, you would have had a rematch between Georgia and Alabama. Mm -hmm. Or no, 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 no. no. It would have been a rematch, Texas-Alabama, and Michigan and Georgia would have played. And then the winner, of course, of those would have wound up going on to play each other. But yeah, absolute dismantling of Florida State in the Capital One Orange Bowl. Like I said, final score. Number six, Georgia, 63. Number five, Florida State, 
three. Ole Miss able to get a good win over Penn State. Um, a lot of people coming in to Ole Miss, the lane train or the lame train, depending on how you he feel has, about it. Uh, he's worked the portal. Has definitely worked the portal. Um, I don't know what it is about the allure of Ole Miss in any capacity to be able to get all these people there and what kind of alumni do they have or what kind of collective, what kind of NIL funds do they have available to be able to pay all of these players to come play for them. Quinshawn Judkins is in the transfer portal on his way out from Ole Miss and the first player since Herschel Walker to record, what was it, 15-plus touchdowns Mm -hmm. in his first two seasons as a running back. So, whoever winds up getting that young man is going to wind up picking up a complete stud whenever it comes to the running back position. Uh, But final on that one, Ole Miss 38, Penn State 25. Uh, A little bit later, we had Maryland versus Auburn. Unfortunately, another loss for the SEC in the Trans-Perfect Music City Bowl. Maryland, the Terrapins, wind up taking Auburn just back behind the woodshed. Final score, 31-13 in that one. Um, I hate it that it's a little bit of a, a boost for the Terrapins. I know that I said that they would be kind of like my second team just because of the flag, and I like the multiple panels on the flag. Um, but I know that South Carolina has been trying to get a complete foothold in the uh, – Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, just area. And whenever they're able to go to a bowl game and beat Auburn, that's just going to wind up taking away some of the the footing that the Gamecocks did have in the DMV area. Uh, last one for what would have been the weekend slate of games, uh, Wyoming taking on Toledo. Uh, neither one of these teams ranked, but they did manage to find themselves in the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Um, final score on that one, and this one was probably the closest score out of all of them, with the final score of 16-15 to 15 with Wyoming taking the victory. Now, of course, that does bring us to our final day of games, uh, which would, of course, been... Uh, Monday the 1st, New Year's Day, so the New Year's slate of games. We're going to go ahead and start off with Liberty versus Oregon, which was probably one of the most lopsided games out of all of them, um, unless you want to count the Iowa-Tennessee game, uh, where Oregon manages to score 28 points just in the second quarter, 45 total points overall. Uh, and Liberty only scoring six. Final score, 45-6 to six in the VRBO Fiesta Bowl. I remember the Fiesta Bowl being and the actual like national championship game yeah, at one point in time. Because we won it in 98. Yeah. That was a top 25 team at one point. Liberty is still Liberty. top 25. They were ranked 23rd going into that. Like, okay, where were you? Yeah, what happened? Chadwell, what happened, bro? You were a top 25 team. Yeah. And everyone believed, and me, even me, a short four or five cocky tops ago, believed you had earned the right to be there. Absolutely. And gradually I've been like, but here's all ranking system. Well, that's something that we're going to wind up discussing after we get past the score recaps and everything else because the, the 
the team that is fielded throughout the 12 weekends of the regular season is in no way the same team that gets fielded for a bowl game. Nope. And there's so many reasons as to why that is the case. And, and it's, kind of, it's a problem. It is. It's it is problem, very much a problem. But we will get to that. Uh, next up, LSU-Wisconsin. Another victory in this time for the SEC as number 13 LSU takes down Wisconsin with a final score of 35-31. to A little bit closer than yep. what I think LSU would like to have had that one. Uh, but, of course, again, another situation where not everybody was playing. There were several opt-outs. Uh, and that can be said for any one of the games um, that's not a uh, CFP semifinal game, which is going to be, of course, the last two that we talk about before we get on. Uh, next up, of course, uh, definitely a heartbreaker and uh, part of my household for this one. Uh, as number one twenty or number twenty one Tennessee take took on number seventeen ranked Iowa. Um, if there is any team that had the most confusing season in terms of what the box score was compared to their rankings and everything else, it has to be Iowa. Um, their offense. Out of 132 FBS teams, they were ranked 130th for the season. And you would think that and won, that is in the top. And won 10 games. Went to the Big Ten Championship. Went to the Big Ten Championship. Yeah. And that was one of the four losses that they have. So they had 10 regular season wins, two regular season losses, and then lost what would have been, of course, their... Championship, uh, championship conference championship, and then the bowl game against Tennessee. It, it's unbelievable how they were able to get that many wins in the Big Ten Conference with teams like Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, and and they still are able to get that many wins in the season with a 130th ranked offense. Did not even average 25 points a game. Brian Ferentz is out. Fired for that very yeah, reason. Yeah, fired for that reason because it was – he was contractually I, I had to get at least 25 points per game. Because there's so much that can keep you from getting 25 points a game. Oh, absolutely. Like, you're putting so much – That you're going to be able to score at least three and a On half touchdowns. Part, I'd go, dude. At least three and a half touchdowns. Every it's game. ignorance or arrogance. I don't know yeah. which one it was that played hands. I think it was just a situation where they needed a definitive out. Honestly, and that was the the yeah. thing for it. So, but yeah, final score in that one. Uh, big old goose egg for the Hawkeyes. Uh, final score in that one. Tennessee 35, Iowa 0. And Nico looked good. I will have to say the O-line yes. did not look as strong as you want your O-line. No, Nico but looked great. Nico, but that's where like, several oh, opt-outs yeah. had come in for the volunteers at that capacity, uh, and yep. same thing for the um, defensive backs mm-hmm. for Iowa. Yep. I mean, they didn't really show either. Uh, most of them opted out, and of course, the <laughs> it's funny, especially after the recent. Um, there shouldn't be a Pro Bowl game. There should be a, a white team versus a black team. Do you have, have you not seen any of that yeah. stuff? Oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, um, we're going to have the first white cornerback mm-hmm. likely drafted in the first round in God knows how many years. Yeah. It's been several. Several. 
Um, of course, the last two games of the night, uh, Alabama-Michigan, this one coming down to the wire. Uh, there were so many times that Michigan almost just handed Alabama the game, especially on special teams, throughout this contest. And Which you get down to Alabama the very end. Alabama gets a lot end. of their wins. Yeah. In the last 15 years. Is through special teams. Is, is they're given yeah. a victory during a special A victory teams. during special teams, yeah. It's not that they needed to do something to to overcome it. It's just the team that they were playing just messed up the mm-hmm. special teams enough, and Alabama is a team that can capitalize on that very quickly. Um, but this was a definite hard-fought battle, and it came down to uh, an overtime touchdown by Michigan um, to take the lead. And then, of course, uh, some really bad snaps by the Alabama center. Um, and going back, and they were actually talking about the prior game during the uh, SEC championship game. Out of all the snaps that were shotgun snaps, I think they said that uh, this analyst said that uh, almost 40 or 45 percent of the snaps were either at or below Milrow's knees during the SEC championship game. And this particular center, and I'm sure he has gotten a lot of crap online, social media, in person, because that was something that was distinctly pointed out, and that is something that 100% disrupts the timing of a play. Yes. So if anybody wants to point a finger at any particular point in time, I mean, he's one that could have a lot of fingers pointed directly at him, but here he sits in the portal looking for a home. And I'm just curious as to whether or not anybody's going to actually pick him up or not. And if they do, I don't think they're going to play him as a center. He's no. going to wind up being moved to a uh, guard or tackle yeah. on either side. So, And that's what he's actually listed as. Um, but they had him playing center for the last several games or for however many games and just was not his his forte. Like I said, the shotgun snaps had no angle up. They were almost just like straight out it seemed like and that final play Alabama would have potentially had the yeah. the the game tying touchdown at that point in time uh but because of the bad snap it threw off the timing and he had no option really but other than to try to take it straight in and unfortunately <laughs> they got stuffed so that's why we have Michigan out of those two going to the uh national championship finals game and then on the other side i mean it was just as exciting coming down to the wire Mm -hmm. to the last play of the game to determine the winner in this one they were two very exciting games very much so that's Uh, what you want yes so much so than what we have seen in the past yes in some of these games um two very close games one decided by six the other one decided by seven uh final score in the washington texas game 37 to 31 um, which, of course, is going to lead us to what the national championship game is going to be. And for the first time in the history of yeah. the f- college football playoffs, there will not be an SEC team. Or at least since 2015. What do you think that establishes? Do you think that – when we said it was a down year for the SEC. Oh, yeah, that's something like that we've been mentioning for quite some time. Almost every episode we've said it's a down year. Uh, SEC secondary's week, depth charts week on the SEC, just not 
producing. SEC had a down year. But even with that down year, you know. We had top we had five teams, top six. Yeah. You know, yeah. multiple top tens. And, and some successes in both season. Um, you know, our, our Georgia wiped the floor with Florida State. We laid a, they laid, made a, the Hawkeyes lay an egg. Um, Kentucky battled with Clemson. Um, yeah, it was really close. LSU got a victory. So I still think the SEC proved a lot of good things, but all in all, just a weaker year for the SEC. It uh, was. I mean, it odd, would, it's odd to be in this place. It is. It's almost like um, someone who's 20 years old mm. has only known Alabama dominance. Yes. And then they wind up seeing something like this, and it's like w- the last few years they're like, what the hell's happened to Bama? Yeah. SEC in general, the same way. We've seen so many years of dominance of the SEC throughout the sport and across other sports Most as of well. Our lives. Especially throughout a majority, yeah, yeah of our lives. Especially. It being Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, LSU for as the big four. Yeah. But yeah. And then you sprinkle some other yeah, teams LSU in there. And Florida sometimes some flipping and flopping. Flipping and yeah, out. yeah. But for but the yeah, most for part, the yeah, those were your and, and most of our life. SEC just kind of was just present. Yeah, I mean, th- more so than of course like the Big Twelve or you know anything like that. There was still a, a sense of yeah. Th- there, there was just no dominance. Yeah, it wasn't dominance. Um, we were just part of the group, as it were. We, we weren't leading the pack. We just kind of drifted back into the pack for a little bit of time. And sometimes you got to do that to make a re- take a rest. Right. I mean, honestly, you can't sit there and continuously and the, entire, the time. entire time. And because it's a situation where it gets to a point where people don't want to see that anymore. Exactly. Even my best friend, Logan Roach. Big shout out to your ref. Bama fan our entire lives. The last three or four years, he said it's not fun being a Bama fan anymore. It's because they've been because there's been losses. They were just, no, because they were just at top at top oh. the whole time. They're just like he's like there's no excitement. In the last two years, he's like there's been excitement. Does that give you an insight as to part of the reason why I'm a Gamecock fan? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, just because of the fact that we have never reached that yeah. highest peak, we have gotten close. You got to the SEC championship. And it just... Haven't you? Got to it, didn't win it, but got to it. That was that 2010 team that took down number one Alabama that year. But that also... Yeah. Uh, but also wound up losing to Auburn in the Auburn, national yeah, champion... Or in the, the uh, SEC, championship. Uh, SEC championship game. Uh, but then we wound up going and taking on... Uh, who was it? Ohio State in the bowl game that wound up going and winning the national championship that year. Yeah. And we beat them in that the bowl game. Bowl game. Yeah. Which makes you think, like, God, we should have won the right. SEC. Yeah. So. It's just at any given night, man. It is. It, it does not matter. I mean, at any given point in time, I mean, you can point any kind of excuse you want to, say it's because of this reason. Whatever it is that makes you feel good or better about, you know, handling or coping with the the loss, you do you. But 
I mean, facts are facts. Facts that at any given point, a yeah. team can just outplay another team. Like they've just got it for the night. Whatever that yeah. it factor happens to like be. I don't. Nev- I don't. I'd have never said that Iowa would have been scoreless in that game. No, I, did, I thought the they would have gotten at like, least oh, a God. field goal or something, not a complete goose egg. When I knew when they named Iowa as their competitor, I was like, oh, this is a different Iowa than 2015. And we don't have Dobbs. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, it's different. You know, they're, they're really good. <laughs> so, but any given day. Yeah. And plus there's so much going against you in the postseason. There's so much going against these teams now. Oh, and yeah. I think it's just wrong. Yeah, it's, and it's, and bringing that back up, I mean, one of the major factors, of course, is opt-outs. People are opting out either because they don't want to get any other kind of injuries and want to be healthy as can be going into the next season or because they're going to be declaring for the NFL draft, which, albeit, that's fine. I understand if you wind up going to a bowl game in sure. – December and you wind or early January and you're looking to prepare for the NFL draft when the combine and draft is in late March going into April. Yeah. And you wind up, say you get a, a, a fractured bone or a broken bone or whatever the case may be in that capacity. You're, you're looking at multiple weeks heal up, then trying to get back into shape, get back into form before trying to go in for the draft, it's understandable. Mm-hmm. I get that. But the problem now is, is you have this third thing as a reason as to why they're not uh, are going to be playing in the bowl game, and that is because they have the intentions of transferring via the portal mm-hmm. to another team. And what can happen is that the new destination even though, of course, there's not supposed to be any tampering of any sort whatsoever. You're not supposed to contact any sort of potential prospect before they put their name into the portal. And we're going to get on that topic here in a minute. Um, Is that they may have been told by the possible destination school that if you wind up playing in the bowl game, then XYZ is null and void on the potential contract that we would get for you as far as NIL or whatever the case may be. So then you basically are, are uh, I'm trying to think of the word, sabotaging your current team in a sense because of potentially chasing money. Well, yeah, yeah. Because like the, the place that you're potentially going could easily look in, at that is like if you play we're going to take this bonus away because you are putting our future product at risk yes you are possibly going to injure our future employee yes so that player 20 19 20 21 years old yeah kid yeah who wants to make a living doing this more money than he probably was wants to take care of their family too is absolutely at 21 i'd have been like yes sir yeah a few thousand more dollars yes sir yeah i won't play so then in those three instances you've got more than enough 
cause to keep a person from playing in a bowl game. And whenever that happens, that winds up getting other people potentially not wanting to play in a bowl game. Florida State, Iowa. You wind up also having injuries on your own team that people are wanting to rest so they can be good to go for spring practice going into next year. Or you've got people who have gotten to the end of the year and they've had scar tissue build up and, you know, things like that need to have uh, orthoscopic surgery to get uh, uh, joints and tendons and ligaments and stuff cleaned up and everything else and taken care of in preparation for the next season that you get to a point to where you've got second and third stringers as your team you may see one or two really big names that you have heard of throughout the season or that you may have seen throughout the season but for the most part you're getting now second third string and even some practice squad players are traveling with the teams to be able to provide enough depth for a bowl game so like we've said multiple times, the team that gets fielded throughout the 12 regular season games are nowhere near the team that gets fielded for a bowl game unless you are in the semifinals or the finals. And that's, and that's a problem. And, it, and it's a thing that I think that we need to look at seriously as uh, not just fans uh, because – but as like NCAA and SEC and Big Ten, they all need to get involved in this. They all need to discuss it. Um, and, and it seems that some of the conversation is happening because, I mean, even even uh, Georgia's coach, Kirby, yeah. said in his post-game press conference, what you saw out there yeah. is a problem. Yes. That Florida State didn't have their top echelon playing. Because no. of opt-outs and transfers. Yes. And Kirby, who beat the brakes up, was probably sitting there going, like, I didn't have Florida State's best. I wanted yeah. to play Florida State's best because they were undefeated. And then in the second half of that game, he was running out second-string, yeah. third-string players. He might as well at that point be putting jerseys on the water boy. I mean, he literally was like, I got, I mean, I've, I've got all my, my fourth-string depth in there. And right. they're still better than your yeah. players than that what didn't you've opt got. out. Yeah. So, I mean, but at the same time, you could turn it around and say, like, all right, Florida State, you didn't have the depth. Right. You know, and you didn't play anybody all year. It, as far as the NCAA, I mean, honestly, Kelly, I go back to Kelly on this one. He said it the freaking best, is that football needs to be a completely separate entity. Yes. And if you want to go that route, the two other ones that will soon follow are going to be uh, baseball, basketball. Yeah. And that could be men's or women's. Women's baseball is softball. Well, I mean, Tennessee's rowing team is independent. I'm pretty sure that rowing is independent. If it – independent being just a, a, a non-school-sanctioned like – yeah. yeah. There's not like – an organization running. Finger quotes full, flying yeah. all over the place. All over, there's not an NCAA, you know, company running rowing for colleges. Right. So they can row against whoever the hell they want to. Um, South Carolina has operated as an independent in football mm-hmm. before. Um, whenever we first started this podcast, we were talked yeah. about there was a yeah. period of time that South Carolina, after having left the uh, uh, 
South Conference, mm-hmm. after having gotten out of the ACC, operated as independents for a while and then got invited into the SEC at that point in time, same year that Arkansas did. But um, to have all of your Power Five, you can even do Group of Five, just football in general, are no longer governed by the NCAA. NCAA, you can have all your other sports. You can have soccer. You can have tennis. You can have volleyball. Take care of all that stuff. That's fine. Those are pretty universal throughout the entirety of the country. You have more people who are on the same level going to a lot smaller school in this particular sport as you do like an SEC or an ACC, an actual conference school like that. Um, Villanova and, you know, uh, UT. uh, um, Trying to think of one of the other ones. uh, uh, What's one of the other bigger basketball schools that's like a not Kentucky, not North Carolina? Well, no, I mean Duke's a fairly – uh, uh, but you know what Seton I'm. Seton Hall. Okay, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, you've got all these other that that is the thing. Those can all still be, I'd say, governed by the NCAA. But football has grown beyond, so far beyond that, that basically for collegiate athletes there needs to be just a college football. Insert the rest of the words yes. here. Yes. That this body is governed or the the sport of collegiate football is governed by this body in these these group of five power five whatever those become and ultimately like we've said in the past i think it's going to wind up coming down to um two groups of like 30 something or 60 something teams yes or uh it was 60 something uh group of five power of five uh, you take the 133 teams or 132 teams that are in FBS right now and you cut them into 61 teams for each division, I guess you could say, and then you have your games and or playoffs or whatever based off of that. Yep. And that's how everything winds up being done, which is a very similar format to what the NFL does. It's just expanded by 30-something teams at that point on yep. each side. But something else that can be done is the actual NFL schedule can be emulated in collegiate ranks. You have a specific time to where um, you're able to recruit or you're able to look at prospects, your combine. You have a certain amount of time to where a player can choose to enter the transfer portal and be picked up by another team, free agency you have what would be your uh, spring and summer workouts before you actually get into season the same way. Then you have preseason games. And then you have what would be an exhibition or preseason games before getting into the regular season. And then at the end of the year, depending on how your team did, you either get three or four months off. Yes. Or two to three months off, whatever it is. You either get told you're done, or you're wild card, or you're in the playoffs, and then there's a playoff. Yeah. And we literally, actually, 
wind up with the two best teams. Yes. They've played their way. Yes. Saying we are the two best teams. Yes. Instead of, well, they, they played these people. They're, they're this <coughs> big of a school. They have this much money. They're from this organization. Uh, what would our uh, – it would be better TV to put these two together. And uh, No, it's they play themselves to the final game. Yes, and the TV stuff, as far as that, will take care of itself. Yeah. Because you are putting these teams against each other based off of their records. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got a format. You've got a model to be able to look at, to go go by. Why not utilize it? But in some aspects, since there's not an actual, quote-unquote, owner to yes. any one of these teams, any one of these franchises, then there's that... Your owner, uh, that transfer would probably be AD or president. Right. Would be your quote-unquote owner position. So to speak, yeah. Would be your president of the college or your athletic director. And in this case, I would think more um, that someone, if it were to go to that format, then the athletic director would hire someone that would be just their football representative. Yeah. For the school that would be a... You would hire be in that owner you would see position Tennessee or whatever, hire someone or like general a, manager, a Fulmer, or a Manning, or someone who a knows the school, yeah. knows the system, played there, not just played there, played there well, right? Um, knows the ins and outs of like managerial aspects, so you probably would see a a Peyton Manning being the GM of Tennessee, right? Um. And and I think in a sen- in a sense that because there was no actual like rules regulations or anything like that firmly established before the portal became a a real thing. Oh that yeah, it just became the wild west. That it is fully the wild west, yeah. and that was a. I almost feel like it was the NCAA saying, all right, we're going to let you do what you've been pissing and moaning about for a long time, but we're not going to set any sort of stipulations or regulations on it. We're just going to let it go out and be as it is, and then we're going to sit there and listen to you all piss and moan about how everything is now and how we could have done things better. It's almost like putting out... Um, like if we, through the distillery, were to put out uh, a post saying, we've got these flavors that we're thinking to try. What is your all's thoughts? And then we're just going to take what the feedback is, and that's what we're going to use as. Or, hey, we've got a new mystery flavor. What do you think it is? And then you take that information, and it's like, oh, well, we can use this. We can do that, whatever the case may be. They just said, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're basically going to make a no-restriction free agency. Players can transfer more than once and still maintain playable eligibility mm-hmm. in that time frame. And then at some point in time, we're just going to listen to all the pissing and moaning that all the coaches and, and fans and everybody else is doing across the country. And then we're going to be able to take that information and say, this is how it's going to be moving forward. But I also feel that the NCAA in that capacity has given away way too much at this point to where it would be a better situation to form everything more in lines like the NFL, as Chip Kelly has suggested. Then 
now, since so many coaches have had freedoms, like Lane and Coach Prime, to in this Wild West format, you take it away, you're going to get pissing and moaning. Yeah. Because they've made, they've made this Wild West work. They're sheriffs but, of the Wild West. So, so Kiffin, to an extent, yes. They're Wyatt Earps and Doc Holliday's and... But Prime, I don't think as much, just because of what the record he, said that they did. We thought he did. Yeah. <laughs> we thought like, he did. Like, oh, I got rid of almost the entire yeah. team and I brought in all these new people. But part of what the thing is, is at that point, one of the arguments is that you lose a lot of the culture that yeah. uh, head coaches are trying to build because at that point, if you're taking in so many people from the transfer portal, you're basically just bringing in, to reference the Wild West, hired guns. Yep. And not able to establish cultures. No, because they're just coming in to be able to well, I mean, play for themselves. You're not playing for a team. if distilleries did that, if at the end of every year, if the... 19 distilleries from exit 407 to light 10 in Gatlinburg. Right. At the end of every year had like could draft bartenders and be like, I know you've been at TLD for two years now, but we would like to give you a dollar more, add this sign on bonus, the free bottle to come put on our Jersey and come work here. I'm going to a different culture. I, I know you're trying to, to draw a parallel, but that's something that pretty much already it does happens. Already happen. That's why I'm saying it. It's not it's a draft it's per not, se, but there's that there's there's what should poaching. be poaching. Yeah. yeah. Um, say they this was actually an established thing, and this distillers guild type league that right. we were in to try to make it make sense. If I'm going somewhere, I'm coming from a different culture. Right. I'm coming from, I can't go somewhere that wrangles cattle. No. Because I don't have it in me to shout and wrangle cattle because we just don't do that here. No. We're more intimate and we're more familial and personable. And I, if I were to go to that place, I'm bringing, I want to bring some of that culture with me and it yep. gets snubbed out in a heartbeat. Yep. So when you it's do that, if you bring someone from Florida to play for Tennessee, and if at Florida it was, uh, no, I, I, I can I can absolutely try to compete against my brothers. I don't want a family. I want to I want to I want to score touchdowns. I want to win. I want to I want to get paid. I want to go to the NFL. Like if that's not the culture that Hypo was originally building, you're gonna have issues. Right. You're gonna have be- heads butting and rubbing together the wrong mm-hmm. way. So. Not only are you muddying, muddying trans, like uh, uh, cultures within these these teams, you're also um, watering down these postseason teams as well. Mm-hmm. So, is it really better that we have it? I think it has its positives. Sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, it has its positives. Everything has positives and negatives. But I think what we have seen... In its current form, it's crap. This postseason has shown us the ugly face of having transfer portal and opt-outs. And one of the biggest things, especially for me as a Gamecock fan, that has irked me to no end, and I've seen multiple people put this out, and I'm sure you would probably feel the same way after hearing what I'm about to say. Random high school kid 
for the next four years, I plan on taking my services, or the next three to four years, I plan on taking my services to the University of fill in the blank, put on the hat, blah, blah, blah. People go crazy. Horse crap. Don't say that Doesn't anymore. Doesn't matter anymore. No. For at least the next year, I plan on attending yeah. XYZ, put on the hat, blah, 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 because... You might as well be saying, but if any of these call at the right. end of the year and offer more... Yeah. If if I, I had a top five whenever I made my decision... Oh, yeah. If any of these other four wind up coming at me at any point in time... Because you you can't sit there and police a, a, a college kid's phone no. to be like, or through social media or whatever, to no. be like, oh, this person from another team didn't contact them or couldn't Absolutely. contact them. Absolutely. You cannot police every single player in the FBS or FCS. Yeah. So one thing that we recently had to deal with in multiple cases for the University of South Carolina is that there have been players who have been transferring from other teams in the FBS ranks to the Gamecocks, and then before they actually wind up signing the letter of intent or the full-fledged committed letter, they wind up moving on. Jaden McGowan, wide receiver for Vanderbilt, supposed to transfer to University of South Carolina. Nope, I'm going to Boston College. A tight end coming uh, from, I can't remember, I think it was a tight end coming from Ball State, was uh, all set to be able to sign everything off and get classes started and everything else. So, you know what? Nope, I'm going to go to A&M. I don't know if anything like that's happened on Tennessee yet, but what you were, what one thing that you had said is something that Beamer, uh, head coach of the Gamecocks, has been harping about for forever Um, and especially and I think this is something that after National Signing Day or as part of his National Signing Day press conference is that he said I have had multiple quarterbacks in this league as well as other leagues or in this conference as well as other conferences that have reached out to me and say that they would absolutely love to come play for the University of South Carolina if you can guarantee me a starting spot. And he's flat out said, no, I'm not going to do it. I will give you the guarantee that you can come in and compete for that. But I'm not going to say, yes, I'm going to give you a spot to come in and be able to play at that position. The audacity is on sale. Buy one, get one, and discounted this season. Because there was no real regulations put in place to begin with, it was just like, here's the free-for-all free agency. We're not going to do anything about it. Y'all have wanted free agency, so here, here's free agency. But it was kind of like what we had said uh, off-air. I don't want you to come with me with five problems and zero solutions. I want you to come with me with five problems and six solutions. Yes, absolutely. No matter what, whether it's, your walk, daily walk in relationships, business, sports, politics. I don't care what it is. And, and that's what Come the NCAA has done. With is more like, and more solutions than the amount of problems you have. Yeah. Here, here, you say that you've got all these problems here. Here's one solution, but we're not going to put in yeah. all the rest of the stuff to be able to make it yeah. actually a good solution. We're just like, here, here's a, a, a Band-Aid. It's like whenever I cut my eye open or above my eye on the water globe. Yes. 
I'm sitting there. I could put one Band-Aid on it, but that one Band-Aid is just going to continuously sit there and bleed. Yeah. I had seven, eight Band-Aids on it until I got to intermission. Then I was yeah. able to go back and put, clean it out fully, yeah. put butterflies, you know, straps and stuff like that on it uh, to actually get it to close, close. And then from there, the healing was able to begin. Yeah. But yeah, if you've got, just like we've said, the, the Wild West, the free-for-all, you know, one person's going to go to this place or think they're going to go to this place and then turn around and wind up, uh, you know what? I, your offer was really good, Coach, and, and I think, honestly, I'd have a better opportunity at getting a really good uh, education here. And I have but, always liked this university. But they but offered me this many more zeros. That's like we said a few episodes ago. Loyalty is reserved only for the fan base now. Yes. You will have some exceptions sure. in there, but even then... Like, I don't think that there's too many kids coming out of high school that would sit there and say, nah, I, I'm half a million dollars ain't going to do it for me. I'm just going to stay. No. No. $250,000. A quarter of a million? Uh, no, nah, it's... When I was Come in, back at me with three quarters of a meal. Hit me up with a meal. Yeah, school. I'll think about moving from here. If it worked this way, when I was in high school, if someone were to say, I know you're looking at going to Walter State to pursue theater. Right. But I will give you $200 more a month. Even something that small. Right. To come to Pellissippi. I'd be like, mm, done. Yeah, because that extra two hundred dollars, like if That's everything is if everything is paid for the same to an eighteen year old, are you kidding me? A to B, and I'm gonna get an extra couple hundred dollars to be able to put in my pocket or to go blow on whatever. Hell yeah, I'm taking it. Yeah, screw Walter State. I'm going to Pellissippi. And then if I say that, and then someone like Lee's McCray comes in and goes, "We'll give you an extra three hundred a month." Well, now I'm going to North Carolina. Cool. Right. Like. I get to get away from home, yeah, and I'm, I'm getting be extra in the money. Mountains. I can ski and snowboard, and so yeah, it's absolutely no loyalty. It's no, money. except for the fans. Yeah, and then a, as a fan, especially if you're someone who has never actually attended that school, I mean, you have free reign to be like, oh, yeah. just hop from bandwagon to bandwagon, which we see. And <laughs> sorry for the dead air in this capacity, but I'm sitting here having a, a an epiphany. An lightning. apostrophe, lightning just has just struck brain. my brain. Um, if a player of the sport does not feel the capacity or does not feel the need of loyalty to a program, then what reason does a fan have to be that way? If you're going to be a bandwagon player, why can't I be a bandwagon fan? Vice versa. If I'm going to be a bandwagon fan, why can't you be a bandwagon player? Mm. That's a hell of a point. I mean, oh, I don't I don't want to be a Gamecock fan anymore. I'm going to decide to go be a... Uh, sorry, I about... Say no, it. I'm not going to do it. Uh, say something like a little more manageable, like I'm going to be a Mississippi State fan. <laughs> um, I'm going to wind up being an NC State fan. There you go. I'm going to be a Wolfpack fan um, because they did a whole lot better this year than South Carolina did. Oh, 
NC State didn't do all that well this year. Uh, Virginia Tech did fantastic. Oh, I'm a Hokie now. Yeah. Now I'm going to put on crimson and orange. Yeah, the exact same thing happens now or is happening now as far as with the players. Yeah. And we've seen it run. I don't get to play much. Yeah. I might get to play a little bit more right. at this school. I'll take this hat off. And yeah. Oh, this team just won a national championship, and one of their staff members just called me. Let's go. Because there's a potential that I could. Potential. Potential. Not a guarantee you're getting a ring next year. Everything about all of this is just a huge crapshoot. People are just trying to follow the numbers the best they can to be able to increase their chances of success, which I don't fault. No. However, however, honestly, no. You know what? That, That just completely... I am not going to fault anyone for trying to better themselves in any capacity. I know that we've said that we before. Say it all the time. Yeah. And and it is a situation to where as a fan, that's where the loyalty does lie and and trying to remove yourself as a fan to talk about the subject as opposed to just yeah. a, a non-fan yeah, yeah, yeah. talking about the subject. Uh, it's very conflicting because, like I say, I I have no problem with someone trying to better and advance themselves in any capacity. If you have a better opportunity to go take a job elsewhere, as an employer to anyone that works within these four walls, I am not going to stand in your way, and I will actually help you if that is something that you want to do. But... But I am not going to be happy in any capacity if you wind up going down the road to Tennessee Shine Co. or going the opposite direction and going to one of the other distilleries, any number of distilleries around. We have a good relationship with the other distilleries, but there's going to be that part of human nature that says, F you, what was so bad about here that you had to go down there because I mean, in all honesty, and I've been here for for a while now, well over two years. Um, I think it'll be three this year. Um, I, I don't see where it's bad. Yeah. Like I mean, that's a big reason that I'm still here. Is I'm like, gosh, everyone has it so easy emotionally, mentally, financially. Like it's it's yeah. it's a great place to work, and I'm not just saying that. Like I honestly, I'm the type of person. Where if I don't like being somewhere, I quit. Right. Like I'm not gonna be there. Like if you're if if it's overall bad for my well being and I just do not like to be there. But I, it's I've the, had a lot of jobs in my thirty four years for that very reason. Like I just don't like to be here. Right. And if you don't like to be here, it's, it's, it's gonna affect your work ethic. And it's a full on crapshoot. You're just having to try to figure out what's gonna be your give yep. you your best chances or what your best situation is going to be to achieve the outcome that you desire absolutely now somebody somewhere else may pay scaled whatever whether it be what we're talking about working in the distillery or if you're a collegiate or professional athlete you're working playing studying whatever place a Mm -hmm. place b says i'm going to give you this but you have to have to do this. You're contractually obligated to do X, Y, Z. 
And then on top of that, it may not be viewed as a direct negative, but there's some other potential negative connotations that that make, say, option A is 48%, option B is 52%. What's the difference that's making up that, you know, four points yep. of, of difference in that capacity yes. to, to make it what would make this that much better than the situation that I'm already in? Like, it's like, okay, here we don't offer insurance until you reach a certain level as far as yeah. on the, the um, uh, management charter, whatever <laughs> the case may be. Someplace else may wind up offering insurance, but you're going to have a lower pay rate. So where do you justify one over the other? And that's where I'll, uh, I'll tell you a very, very honest, completely honest example. A year or so ago, I had an invite to audition for the sheriff role at Hatfield McCoy Dinner Show. Yeah, I remember that. I did the audition. Truthfully, I did the audition for me so I could slay that demon of that was the first time I had walked into that theater since before divorce, the divorce with Lexi. Right. So I'd never stepped foot in that theater after. Okay. So I held all these demons and monsters and memories to that building. Gotcha. Never stepped foot in it. I think I accepted the invite to audition mainly for the fact that, like, I need to be able to slay that. I understand that. I need to be able to be able to walk in that door with my head held high and be like, you don't have any power over me. This building doesn't have any power. So I did it. And the audition went great. And when I was called and offered, it's not like it used to be in the aspect of you don't just maybe work the photo booth as a character, you know, handing out props to people, right. walking around tables. Like, no, there's... These performers also have, like, four other sub-jobs. Like, a lot of these people are there. You have to do photo sales. You day, have to do morning, noon, shine night. sales. You have to do whatever. Yes. Some of them Working even in the have ticket to work office or, yeah. Before ca other cast members are called in. So they, they get everything they can out of you. And we know what we the have said company... At least that I took over what I learned of that's their mentality is the the cruise ship mentality. Yes, they're doing everything. Yes. And I was weighing. It's a little more guaranteed financially for me every week. And I'd be performing something I love to do. Right. But weighing the options way more work over here. Right. And the potential to get burnout quickly again and on performing which I don't want to happen right and at the time this was before my foot surgery so I was like uh, how much can I do right I don't know my capacity I mean I do a musical with encore there are some days I have to sit at rehearsals because I was like it's you know it's acting up it's flaring up right so weighing that I was like no nah, not worth it yeah not worth it at all. 
I'm staying here because a but you're doing this great to me b it's better for me overall physically and mentally and and c i just you're doing this as a 30 plus year old though yes and I, at 18 19 yeah i probably would have been like performing right paid perform i did i left school i dropped out of college murder mystery i got hired at murder mystery i thought here we go Right, I'm getting ready to... This is where it starts. Five years, I'm in Hollywood. This is where it starts. This is the first rung of the ladder, paid actor in Pigeon Forge. This is the first step. I don't need school. Flash forward 20 years almost. I'm like, hmm. Wish I'd have... Right. Wish I'd have finished some classes. At least got the degree. (laughs) Whilst I was doing it. Right. Or after I stopped doing it. But yeah, I mean, it's something that... Oh yeah, that 18, I don't know that, that yeah guys these this age are are fully contemplating no. all that stuff. You see, I'm gone. You see that extra zero mm-hmm. beyond the commas. You see, you know, oh I'm gonna be able to get this particular type of ride. Yeah. Oh I'm gonna you know get the new Xbox. Whatever the case yeah. may be, and that's the stuff that is is being latched onto. I will say one of the benefits of the portal, though, is the people that are coming out of the portal have, for the most part, gotten past all the glitz and glamour. Yes. They're looking more for somewhere to either be able to get them to the next level, or if they know they're not going to be able to make it to the next level, they're going to try to find a landing spot that's going to get them as much money as they can, knowing that they're not going to... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to be like, well, I can get my degree here and have some Have a... uh, Yeah. A few thou in the bank yeah. to to be able to put a down payment on like, a house like, or something like that. I know like I'm that. not going to play for the NFL. Right. But here I can. I'm going to be a college freaking all-star, yeah. but my game is not going to transfer yeah. to the NFL. And that's fine. But I can have a little cushion and get a yeah. good education. Yeah. Yeah. So, granted, the, the ones that we were talking about <coughs> loyalty-wise, I would like to say that there is a smaller statistic of them than there is the... I'm doing it for a better landing spot yeah. as opposed to selfish reasons. Yeah. I would like to say that there is a lower self- statistic of that, but in this day and age, I don't know. I don't, I don't know these people's minds. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that you know our thoughts now on it. <laughs> that it, it absolutely is, in our minds, a little bit more negative than it is positive where we're at with college football and i think some things need to change for sure for sure and hopefully because as it's written now beyond the year 2026 or going into 2027 as far as the college football playoffs beyond that it's unknown it is a virtual unknown at this point so maybe during these next two years what would be um Oh no! Sorry, uh, that's this year, next year. So the end of the twenty-five, twenty-five going yes. into twenty-six, well, is whenever it's unknown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hopefully by the end of twenty twenty-four, going into twenty twenty-five, we'll have a clearer picture yeah. of what the landscape of one of, if not, majority of this country's favorite sport. I know baseball is America's pastime, but there are so many people that love college football. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, if you feel any different, if you think you know the fixes, the changes, let us know. Send it, shoot us an email. 
tldtube23 at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Um, we'll talk about it on the next episode, uh, especially if you are in this world of either college football or you're a high school football coach or whatever. If this is the world that you work in, you know, and you have your thoughts and opinions, we want to hear from you. Uh, so please uh, shoot, shoot that email and let us know your thoughts. If you have better ideas, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. Absolutely. We are definitely, definitely excited to hear from any and all of our listeners. Um, if there's anything in particular that you want to know our opinions on, or like T-Mac said, that you want your opinion known, um, follow us, Studio 66, post on any of our uh, Cocky Top posts on there. Mm-hmm. And as T-Mac said, of course, you can always email us at tldtube23 at gmail.com. Well, guys, that's going to about wrap it up for this episode of the Cocky Top Podcast. On behalf of all of all, Tyler McDaniel, I am forever to the Gamecock Brian Lose, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Cocky Top Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information about what's happening with any of the Studio 66 shows, Make sure to like, follow, subscribe, click the thumbs up, whatever you have to do to make sure you get your fill of this legendary content. Search Studio 66 on Facebook or Instagram, or the Studio 66 playlist on YouTube from Tennessee Legend Distillery. You can also subscribe to our Patreon channel, patreon.com tldstudio66, for additional content for all of the Studio 66 shows, as well as gifts from the different Studio 66 podcasts and Tennessee Legend Distillery. And if that wasn't enough, you can also visit our website, tldstudio66.com, where you can find links to all of the shows and podcasts, as well as merchandise for all of the individual podcasts. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. Heck, you can even leave us a voicemail if you like via SpeakPipe, or send us an email at tldtube23 at gmail.com. However you go about it, make sure you don't miss out on getting even more legendary info about the studio, as well as the distillery from Studio 66, presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery.